This podcast is brought to you by the Weight of Cinema community on Patreon. As a community member, you're able to connect with an inclusive community of cinema lovers and gain access to exclusive content as you help to influence the direction of the channel. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes below. Hello, hello, and welcome once again, everyone, to the Weight of Cinema podcast. This is the episode for September 2018, and we are so excited to be back. How are you today, my dear Kaylin? I am swell. Swell? Yes, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm excited for the weather to cool down. Me too. Yeah, it's, uh, we, so Kaylin and I kind of live in a desert, and I mean, not literally but uh figuratively it it's really hot where we live we live in a valley and um and yeah so we're excited for the fall feels to roll around Mm -hmm. it's it's take it's taken a while but it's gonna be great before we get into the content of today's episode i just wanted to uh let you guys know this podcast not only is brought to you by the weight of cinema community but also by a recent uh course that kaylin just launched or made public um and that's for those of you who are young Uh, or old entrepreneurs who are struggling with making their brand known, with defining that on the internet, and specifically with Instagram. And so this course walks entrepreneurs, businesses, brands, individuals who want to share their story through the processes in which they can grow their following and grow their success through Instagram, through photography on Instagram, and through the community that's fostered there. Kaylin, how excited are you that you recently launched this? I know we've talked about it a few times. It's super cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I've been working on it for a long time, and um, I'm really excited for people to continue to get a lot of value out of it. And um, as you said, Eric, it's for anyone who wants to um, grow their success on Instagram. And um, if you're looking to find out some more information about it, you can visit my um, Instagram bio. And it'll be in the link at the top. That's so awesome. I'm super excited to see uh, the ways in which you guys might get a lot out of this course. It's definitely worth uh, your investment and your time to learn these skills and grow who you are on Instagram. So that's called Instagood to Great. And as Kaylin said, it's available uh, via her bio on Instagram, uh, which is at Kaylin Juliana. Getting into the episode proper, we are going to talk about something very topical, um, and that is the fact that the new Joker is here. This is kind of the first episode that we're really talking fine-tuned about maybe not even a specific movie, but just a specific character um, and what the implication of that is you know, throughout our culture and throughout the different stories that we appreciate. We're looking at the Joker, more specifically this new Joker, and how uh, you know he compares to some of the previous Jokers that we've seen. Now, we haven't gotten a ton. We will highlight a little bit about what we've seen from the Joker. But first, we want to review the Jokers of the past, compare and contrast them, and highlight the things that we love, what makes them stand out, what makes them great, or what makes them not so great. And then we will look at Joaquin Phoenix Joker, at least the things that we've seen regarding uh, his character thus far. So I'm super excited. We're going to look at a few different clips from the previous Joker incarnations. We're going to break down the performances given by these few different actors and maybe talk about what sticks out to us. So I'm super excited. Are you excited? Woo! Yes, let's get into it. So basically, in the past, there have been so many Joker performances, we couldn't really cover all of them in the podcast. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be covering four big Joker performances. Um, We're going to be talking about the four actors that really defined the modern Joker, what we see uh, 
from the Joker today. And what we see is often copied by so many different actors in some of the minor roles and some some of the minor performances that we see throughout. So going all the way back to the original campy, um, fun-loving version of the Batman mythos, this is the Adam West show. And in that show, the Joker was played by Cesar Romero and... Maybe uh, listening back to this audio clip, you guys will find that his version of the Joker was pretty unique compared to what we see today. So we're going to take a look at that clip right now. Take a listen to this. The nerve of that rich smart aleck thinking he could match which with me, the Joker. Why is Batman here, Joker? Ah, uh, because he's afraid of me, you don't. Yes. I knew the day would come when his spine would turn to bat jelly. Yes. I'm only sorry he isn't here to enjoy a special surprise I cooked up for him. Yes. But Bruce Wayne will do as a substitute. I'm beginning to dislike him as much as Batman. <laughs> artistic creation, the mobile. <laughs> Too bad that chicken-hearted Batman isn't here to die on it. All right, Kalen, share with me um, your reflections on Cesar Romero's Joker. What makes him stand out from the rest of the Jokers that we've seen? What do you like about it? What do you don't like about it? Share with me your thoughts on Cesar Romero. Yeah, um, so he strikes me as... Uh a much more childish Joker and not as scary. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of felt like I was in Willy Wonka or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it felt like a kid's show. Almost like Gene Wilder or something. Like, mm, Yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like Gene Wilder would have made a great Joker. Yeah, definitely. Um, he captured more of the goofy side of joker but not mm-hmm. really like the menacing yeah not really dark scary. side yeah um which is it, fitting because it's like it's a campier story yeah. entirely you know it kind of um it was it, i don't know it felt more like kind of a a little bit uh batty like lovable old weird uncle or something <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, definitely not, i mean so, like, as far as the laugh goes, right, mm-hmm. the iconic Joker laugh, he does a pretty good job. That laugh can be pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. He does remind me more of a clown, Yeah, I think, is what you're getting at. Right. He, he personifies more of that kind of stage clown type of character. And like I said, that really, like, hits home with the campy nature or the goofy nature of the Adam West show. Um, you're not going to have somebody like... Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in that show. You're going to have more of a clown than a crime lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that for some reason he has kind of an accent. Yeah. He's like rolling his R's like <laughs> with every other word. And it's like, it's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Very eccentric. Those character choices, right? Like, and yeah. And also he's playing it more like a stage actor. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I think that like if Batman was made into a stage play, that kind of performance would lend itself more to that uh, medium. Right. You know? Well, that's also kind of like TV used to be more like that, right? Yeah, like it, definitely. It branched off of like theater and like stage productions and then it, it became more of its own thing, more of its own art form. Mm-hmm. But I think it took a while for actors to shift their styles. Yeah. You and know. find nuances in their acting instead of big and bombastic and mm-hmm. kind of all over the place type of jokers. Right. Um, yeah, this joker definitely a lot of respect for this joker in the Adam West show. I know a lot of people, um, whether they grew up with this joker, um, they grew up watching Adam West or, uh, they just like to, you know, look back on the past and look back at the history of the Joker. I think that there's a lot of respect, especially for being the, you know, one of the earliest on-screen actors to leave such a mark on how the Joker is portrayed. Um, Cesar Romero definitely makes that mark, you know, 
and uh, and comes across as a goofy, um, maybe not fun loving. The show is definitely fun loving, but he comes off as a campy clownish type of Joker mm-hmm. that it falls in line with like the Silver Age of comic books. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it definitely works for the the story, the version of the mythos that it's in. Yeah. Moving on, since, you know, obviously there's not a ton to say on Cesar Romero, at least from our perspective. Uh, maybe if we were more educated or more, you know, if we knew a little bit more into who Cesar Romero is as a person, we'd have more to say. Uh, but we don't. So we're moving on to the next iteration of the Joker, at least the next major iteration. And that is Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman 1989. Um, this obviously was directed, uh, or at least the film was directed by Tim Burton and Jack Nicholson is another one of those iconic jokers that a lot of people look to, to say, you know, this is my joker, or this is the version of the joker that I remember. Um, especially among mainstream audiences, they say, oh yeah, this is, this is a version of the joker that I cling to. Uh, so yeah, we will watch that clip right now. This me? <laughs> nice place you've got here. Lots of space. Uh, Vicky, we will have a talk. Very upset. We were having dinner. I was a man doing well with a beautiful woman. And without so much as an apology, you ran off with that sideshow phony. You know, Vic, I've recently had a tragedy in my life. Alicia threw herself out of the window. Oh, my God. But you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. Well, Miss Vale, another rooster in the hen house. (laughs) Take thy beak from out my heart. Okay, so right off the bat, just as a background for you, Kaylin, who I know hasn't spent much time watching uh, this classic film. In this story, Joker, uh, his backstory is that of a mobster. Um, As a sinister, you know, uh, gangster who is climbing the ranks. And basically, we're given that backstory. He's Jack Napier. And, um, And so that can in a way be reflected in the ways in which the Joker is personified certain aspect of his character, not just who he was before he fell into a vat of acid, but afterwards um, you might still see traces of that sinister mobster with him, you know, with highlights of comedy and uh, clownishness. What do you take away from, from Jack Nicholson's Joker? Yeah. um, His is a lot more, Sinister, he's more like the creepy weird uncle. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's yeah. a lot more like calm and like a little more serious, mm-hmm. obviously, than the last one. Yeah. And there are moments in this film where he does have, um, you know, bombastic moments, but they're, they're, you know, a little more spare mm-hmm. than the kind of ways in which you see Cesar Romero jumping around a room, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like each of these four that we're looking at represents a different aspect of the Joker. Okay. Um, So if the first one was like the goofy... The clown, yeah. Crazy clown. Yeah. This is like the sinister, um, like creepy, like uncomfortable, but like weirdly calm joker yeah and it's like yeah the funny thing is though he doesn't seem very crazy that's what i was going to say too um i had that same thought like he it definitely doesn't come across as much that he's like out of his mind you know what i mean he just seems like a bad guy like a bad guy who's kind of like 
taking on a sinister approach mm-hmm. for intimidation. Right. Like he's doing it intentionally rather than like him becoming a joker, you mm-hmm. know? Rather than him actually like having mental problems. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Having like some mental break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about his joker laugh? <laughs> yeah, it's a li- it's like a giggle. Yeah. At least in this scene. Right. Um, Pretty good. Yeah. I'd say so. Right. Yeah. There are like... We'll talk more about the Joker laugh later, um, mm-hmm. but I think that there are elements to his Joker that that shine. Um, a lot of his jokes, he definitely is a jokester. Mm. He, the The writers of this film make an effort to say, "Yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about as far as dialogue goes." Like, there's an intention to his words, mm. um, where he 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 likes to amuse. You know, mm-hmm. or, or at least amuse himself as he's talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't say things. You know, he's a little more serious or a little more like less crazy, but his dialogue is still, it's got some spice to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think about his fit? I know this is an audio medium. When we were talking about Cesar Romero uh, jumping around a room, kind of being ridiculous, using his body to convey insanity. Mm-hmm. When it comes to to Jack Nicholson's Joker, what do you think about his physical performance? At least in this scene, I felt like there wasn't a lot to it. From what I noticed, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a lot more understated. I'd yeah, say. and the thing is, is I really wanted to convey in the four scenes that I chose. I know we've only watched two, but I really wanted to convey this is how the Joker is acting when he's just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, there are different circumstances where that's a heightened conversation or that's not. Um, when, you know, he definitely has different motivations in each scene for what he's doing and the way he's portraying himself. But I wanted to capture, here's just a normal Joker scene, you know, yeah. where he's just kind of... And yeah, I definitely see that, where he's coming across just collected, mm-hmm. you know? He's not really... And that goes throughout this whole scene, you know, Michael Keaton, um, when he smashes a glass against the wall or something like that, um, and Michael Keaton, you know, playing Batman starts freaking out. Joker again is just calm. Mm -hmm. You know, he says that signature line, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And he's like, what does that mean? And he's like, I just like to say that to all my victims. And he's like, I don't know. It's just some odd thing, but he's just collected. He's not like. There's no eccentricity to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he is a sinister joker. He's a joker who comes from a life of crime. He's Feels not, like a serial killer guy or something. Right, and he's not insane. Mm-hmm. He's more of a uh, smart, mm-hmm. I would say, you know? Like, he's got all his wits about him, yeah. basically. So, moving on to the next joker. This is my personal favorite. A lot of people's staple saying this is the definitive version of the joker um amongst all of the other versions that we appreciate this is definitive and that is of course mark hamill's joker uh so let's get into the scene showcasing mark hamill luke skywalker's version of the joker unbelievable tisk tisk and to think how tax money goes to pay those jerks you! <laughs> That's right, Hearty. Bring in the press, why don't you? What a photo op! The councilman and his wacky pal! You're no friend of mine. Oh, Hearty! I'm crushed! How the high and mighty forget! Don't you remember you, me, Sally, and the gang? What are you talking about? I never met them or you. I worked for Beaumont. I didn't know what he was doing. Oh, but you knew about it afterwards and put it to good use, eh? <laughs> what do you want? To find out who's iced the old gang. Haven't you read the papers? It's Batman. <clears throat> Wrong. It ain't the bat. Nope, nope, nope. I've seen the guy. He looks more like the ghost of Christmas future. Nowhere near as cute as Batboy. You're saying it's someone else? Yeah, someone who wouldn't mind seeing our old pals out of the way. (gasps) Maybe. Go. Sob. Me too. The 
That's when I thought about you, Arturo. An important, upstanding guy like you could find it awkward if certain secrets were revealed about his past. Wait, you're not saying that I... Mr. Reeves, Miss Beaumont on the line. Beaumont? Not the babe. Oh, you devil. Arthur? Arthur, are you there? Shh. H hello, Andrea. Uh, we're, we're still on for lunch, right? I'm sorry, I, I can't. I got hung up. I'll explain everything tonight, okay? Uh, all right. Uh, I'll, see, I'll see you then. Now, ain't that a co-winky dick? <laughs> we're talking about the old man and the spawn of his loins just happens to call. Makes you want to laugh, doesn't it, Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> Following that greatness, that good, you know, amazing performance. Share with me, Kaylin, your takeaways from Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so funny that like he's revered as like the Joker, and it like he he didn't even play the Joker in right. person. Like right. it's just his it's voice. That's action. how good it is. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. I think it like. It combines the aspects of the last two like mm. really well in um, a more balanced character. Um, yeah, definitely. He's got like the goofy, crazy side, but it's balanced out by his like smart, sinister side. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And he comes across as insane. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like you... The Joker should be someone like you shouldn't know what he's going to do next. You right. know, like right. it's not predictable, which is why I think it's so good because it goes back and forth so dramatically because with the first version that we talked about, it's like you kind of know what to expect. He's just going to be loopy and mm -hmm. crazy and eccentric and kind of act the same. It's like a one note thing. Um, and with the second a little bit less like he's a little more predictable but not to the level that i feel like joker should be and mm -hmm. with this version it's like yeah like you really don't know like which way like he could turn the tone like in a second right you know what i mean and that would be consistent with the character mm -hmm. like it wouldn't be like oh he just decides to do something else entirely than we thought he was going to do mm -hmm. and why did he do that like you don't have to question that you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like you, that's what you expect is the unexpected. Mm -hmm. I also think he captures two things. One, the emotional Joker, mm -hmm. a little bit more motivated. And we see that in other instances, not necessarily in this scene. But Mark Hamill's Joker definitely lends himself to being a, a Joker that is motivated by emotion. Yeah, um, and Jack Nicholson. I mean, part of it might be the face makeup where his yeah. face is like frozen. Yeah. But he just feels kind of like cold and like... Yeah. Emotionless. Yeah. And like with this Joker, the way that he responds to things, he's very like, he can get angry. He can get, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that we don't see in some of, some of the other versions of Joker, especially the next one, um, at least not as often. But, and then not only the emotional Joker, but he also captures the sadistic Joker. Yeah. Like where he feels almost like a force of nature. Mm -hmm. rather than an actual individual. You know what I mean? Like w maybe it's just the way that his laugh is and the animation, but it's like he's a joker that like has a sense about him that puts a chill down your spine. Yeah. In different ways than Jack Nicholson's does. Jack Nicholson do does it more in like, oh, this is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Joker is like, Oh my Another god! I don't. Level. I don't understand this. Like, yeah, he's like he truly is a character, especially in the way that he's written. There are just so many instances where he's clever, right? You know, and that's a huge part of the Joker's character that I feel like Cesar Romero's version didn't capture. He just seemed kind of like dumb, goofy, and goofy. Like, but Joker's supposed to be really smart. Yeah. Um, and obviously we haven't watched much of the Cesar Romero stuff, so there might be instances where that comes about. 
but in the stuff that we've seen, he is a goofy clown. With Mark Hamill, he definitely captures the he he's more personable and yet he's an entity, you know? Mm-hmm. And his laugh is like iconic. So good. Yes. It's the most memorable at least. Yeah. It's the ways so in which nuanced. He can, he can belt it, right? It it's literally it's like it's like music. Like yeah. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I I commend Mark Hamill for his job playing the Joker. In all of the different instances that he did, he did the animated series for years. He's done so many animated movies. Then he was on the Justice League animated, like all of the DCAU stuff, which is the DC animated universe. Um, The Arkham games. And then the Arkham games, right? (laughs) Speaking of the Arkham games, this is a little out of the, you know, left field, but there's that part and in the in the end credits of Arkham City, oh. where he's singing the song "Only You," right, mm-hmm. and it's just like chilling. Yeah, it's like crazy. the nuance of that performance, and that's one of the reasons why I was talking about emotional Joker. Mm-hmm. His Joker definitely has a sense about him that he can either, like I said, be a force of nature, or he can bear a heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And be like, you can see into him a little bit. You know. Yeah. Um, Oh man, Mark Hamill's Joker is is iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, that will go down in history as probably the most iconic Joker. Very and, defining of the character. Too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people, all many of the Jokers that came after him, just are copycats. <laughs> you know, they're they're either paying homage or copycatting, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mark Hamill's Joker. So. Um, kudos to Mark Hamill for doing the best job of any of them. Moving on to the critically acclaimed, or at least one of the most critically acclaimed Jokers. Um, this performance, I don't think requires any further ado because everybody knows Heath Ledger's Joker, right? Um, he won best actor for this performance. And this performance you can attribute to, or at least, um, the tragedy of Heath Ledger, you can attribute some of that to this performance and that it was almost like a downward spiral for him following this performance. Yeah. Um, his last performance and his greatest performance uh, is Heath Ledger's Joker. So let's watch a scene, um, one of the greatest scenes from The Dark Knight. Uh, I think it's on record that it's Christopher Nolan's favorite scene he's ever shot. <laughs> um, and it's definitely a great one. So let's watch that right now. So let's listen to that right now. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. See? You wanted me. Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do. And you didn't disappoint. You let five people die. Then you let Dent take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dent? Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. And why do you want to kill me? (laughs) I don't don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You complete. Me. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. You see, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. We've dropped the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Main takeaways for you, Kaylin, regarding this Joker. Like, one of the big things that stands out to me is that this Joker... Maybe more than all of them, except for Mark Hamill, seems to be the most like out of his mind, you know? Really? Like, you think so? A guy who needs psychiatric help, you know, right? Like, mm. Arkham 
is meant for like the criminally insane. He's um, at least the more realistic in that way, I think is what you mean. That Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems yeah. more like believable that like this guy could exist like as a crazy person, you yeah. know, in his performance too, in the way that he delivers lines and in the little tick of his like licking his lips, yeah. you know, that he developed, it comes across as, you know, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. He's very sinister. Yeah. He's, he's crazy though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's as far removed from the Cesar Romero Joker as you could possibly get. Yeah. Like, this Joker doesn't have an ounce of clown in him. No, he's just dark. He's just, he just has face paint on. Yeah. That's just kind of a visual. It's just kind of a visual, really. You know what I mean? Um, And it's almost like he's branding himself, Mm -hmm. but he's not personifying himself with that brand. There's a disconnect there between, oh, I'm this clown. It's like not the clown Prince of Crime Joker. It's the Joker that's like, and we don't really see this Joker very often, but it's the Joker that is just like, I'm here to say something. Mm -hmm. um, And that's about it. I'm here to mess stuff up. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care. Like, obviously, Mark Hamill's Joker, Cesar Romero's Joker, it's all about capturing this personification of a clown Mm -hmm. or like of this like goofy um and sinister character you know what i mean like whoever the joker is when his psychological break happened he became humorous in a way he -hmm. became charismatic this joker is charismatic but like the least goofy but the least goofy like it's charismatic in a different way it's sinister and far removed from being funny you know what i mean like like you can't look away like yeah you know yeah definitely there's also the measure of his body movements right Mm -hmm. and um again this is an audio medium but the way in which he moves his body um his hands to give off that performance um it's also very unique just like what you said with the tick of of licking his lips Mm -hmm. um He's very precise yeah. in his words. Ironically enough, this is the first Joker that, like we said, deviating from the clown uh, personification. I mean, he still has that a little bit. But with the face makeup, that's totally different from the idea of this is a man whose skin is pale. Legend has it, or whatever, mythos has it, that Joker's skin is actually pale, that his lips are actually red, and that his hair is actually green. Mm-hmm. In this story, in the Dark Knight, Joker's, you know, skin is—he looks like a regular person. The only thing that physically, you know, takes away um, from him being normal is his scars. He has the cheek scars, right? Um, which again, that along with the face makeup is unique to this Joker. Mm-hmm. But those kinds of things have been a little bit of staples, you know, like in the Scott Snyder Batman run. With Joker cutting off his face, that's almost like a expounding upon the concept of Joker having facial scars, you know? Mm -hmm. It's definitely a unique version of the Joker and one that is we we will always respect and that will go down in history. Um, It deserved, you know, best performance the year that it won. um, And it deserves all of the acclaim that it gets, I would say. Yeah. Definitely. So moving along before we jump into our thoughts on, uh, you know, this new iteration of the Joker that we've seen hints of, that we've seen glimpses of, we want to highlight just for a moment, one terrible version of the Joker. Now, granted, he was placed within a terrible movie. Nonetheless, he did nothing to help this film. And that, of course, is Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad. Let's listen in on... Um, his awful, awful performance, at least in our opinion, his awful <laughs> performance. Here we go. I have done everything you said, every test, every trial, every initiation. I have proved I love you. Just accept it. I gotta, gotta, gotta. I am not someone who is loved. I'm an idea. State of mind. <laughs> I execute my will according to my plan, and you, doctor, 
are not part of my plans. Let me in, I promise. Let me in, I promise I won't hurt you. Promise, promise. Hey, this. Mine's screaming at your somewhere else. I was gonna say I wouldn't do that if I were you. Don't hurt me. I'll be your friend. My heart scares you and a gun doesn't do it! Ah. Ah. Ah, if you weren't so crazy, I'd think you were insane. Go away. <laughs> Such a shame, this performance. At least, as I said, in our opinions. If you like this Joker, good on you. But uh, in our opinion... Man, such a shame. There's so many things wrong with this performance, Kalen. Why don't you share a little bit from your perspective what's wrong? What's going on here that's wrong? Yeah. Well, like you said, um, part of the blame goes to the writing. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just bad writing of the character uh-huh. and dialogue. And it's just like... Yeah, it's a hot mess. But yeah, the performance is just kind of annoying. Yes. <laughs> um, so annoying. So overactive. Just like it's it's just unnatural. You could argue, well, the Joker is not a natural character, but yeah. But compare it to the Heath Ledger version, and it's like that was way more natural. You yeah, know, it, definitely. It's, this was just like what? Yeah. Like no, that's not believable. And yeah, like definitely. Also, his laugh is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are things. So first of all, the overacted nature of this Joker, right? It's not necessarily like like exactly what you said. You know, it's not necessarily that you have to make a Joker um, normal. Right. He can be bombastic like a Cesar Romero Joker. But I think something that, you know, is a result of non-acting is that you're able to or that you're you're forcing an audience to kind of be confused about what you're trying to do cuz you're all over the place hmm. you know in the way that you're overacting when you look at Heath Ledger's Joker there's intention there's consistency mm-hmm. right this joker is like overacted because he's like all over the place and I'm a I'm, I'm a state an idea. of mind and, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like you're like what are you saying? What are you saying? First of all, so that's that goes to the writing, but it's like the way in which you're saying that. And how are you communicating it? To, yeah, like with your, with your voice, with your body, mm-hmm. like you're just like randomly clapping and yeah, waving exactly. your hands around. But like, like you're like you look like you're putting on a show. It's not like here's a character. It's like here is a performance. Mm-hmm. That's overacting, right? Yeah. Is like you can tell. It doesn't like immerse you in that person as a character. You're just like, who is this weirdo? Where it's like if you were like on a stage doing some crazy stunt yeah. in front of an audience, you would expect him to act like that, but not when he's just talking to Harley Quinn. Right. You know, and it's, it's such a them. shame because this is the first time we see Joker and Harley Quinn in live action form. And it's like you do that, right? With Harley Quinn traditionally in the animated series, in the in the original Mad Love storyline, you believe that Harley Quinn falls in love with the Joker because the Joker has you know you can she empathizes with him, mm-hmm. right? There's a, a storyline to it where she falls in love with the idea of this man is a broken man. I need to save him, right? And like and I he's need kind to, of charming, right? And like yeah, totally kind of charming and like. And he's nice to me. Maybe he's just broken and bullied by Batman. With this, it's just like... Who, Why are you obsessed with him? <laughs> who wants this like weirdo like, <laughs> who believes himself to be a god? What is that? Also, the teeth. I don't get the I know. Teeth. And the damaged tattoo on his it's forehead. Weird. You know, the teeth, the, the tattoo, it personifies everything that's wrong with this Joker. And it's just overdone. Yeah. It's just like, why? There's no subtlety. Right. Why can't you like convey character rather than like caricatures Mm -hmm. of like a weirdo? It's odd. It's just really odd. And, (laughs) um, you know, Jared Leto 
it's not just the writing and it's not just the creative directors to make a Joker like this, but it's Jared Leto and his arm movements, his mouth hanging open. He, he tries to do this odd, oddly sexual thing mm. with his body. Like he moves it in such weird ways and it's just like, it's just kind of, you it's just gross. feel kind of disturbed. And yeah. It's like, like, what? it's not a character that you can like appreciate. Yeah. It's just like, I don't like looking at this guy, you know, like, (laughs) like the Joker should draw you in. Like with Heath Ledger, it's like, yeah, you should feel creeped out. You should feel disturbed. Somehow you can't look away. Somehow you uh like want to see what's going to happen. You want to see what this guy's going to do. You like are interested in this character. But with this, it's like, uh, this is just weird and annoying. Right. (laughs) And, And again, it's ultimately a matter of, of overacting. Because if you can get by the character that that's actually a character or like that's actually a person, then it would be easier. You'd be drawn into that. Right. But instead you're just like, why is Jared Leto acting weird? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because he's, because you can see right through it because he's overacting. It's a bummer. Yeah, it really is a bummer. Um, And also with that, you know, to close out the the trashing of Jared Leto's Joker from us, um, let's just highlight the awful, awful, awful Joker laugh that he provides mm. in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Are you sweet talking me? Kaylin, do you want to give your best impersonation of of that terrible Joker laugh? (laughs) What is that? Like, what is that? Here I go. (laughs) Sounds like a dying duck. It sounds yes. Yes. And he talks like that too sometimes. It's like what voice is this? What are you saying? Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's just terrible. <sighs> Laughter is like such a huge part of Joker's character. I know. Like, because so his laugh ha- has to be a part of his character itself. Yes, like, and you have to believe that he's laughing. Yeah, you and, have to believe that he actually thinks the world is funny. That he's like finding humor in these sadistic things. Right. Where he's like, but this does like what. You're just making weird sounds. Nobody laughs like right. that. Like he's doing it intentionally, right? Like whenever yeah. you like listen to the Joker laugh within all of these other performances, you believe that he's laughing. That he's like taken over by this like. Right. That he's like actually enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. This Joker, it's like, okay, insert a laugh here. Insert a laugh there. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> fix your fix your nasal uh system there bro because it's like it's messed up (laughs) anyway so within all of this um hopefully that didn't leave it too too much of a bad taste in your guys's mouth but within all of this we are suddenly you know given a brand new iteration of the joker um, something that we haven't seen before. This is supposedly going to be a Joker origin film, which is super unique because traditionally people like the idea that you will never really know what the Joker's origin is. Yeah, as a as a hardcore Batman mythos fan, I know you have strong opinions about this. How do you feel about this movie? Well, first of all, I don't like the idea of of joker existing without batman existing first um is that the premise yeah i think so i think that batman isn't in this film now we're not going to know that until we see trailers or we see the film one of the staples of batman is is the question of does is he responsible for all of the bad guys because like as soon as he shows up on the scene it turns from your like regular organized crime and corruption to an actual mad town mm-hmm. where people start dressing up and being crazy and weird things start happening 
because suddenly, you know, Batman's on the scene. So one creature shows up and a plethora more, you know? And, um, and I don't like the idea that like, who is the Joker without the Batman? The Joker needs the Batman. They stand in stark contrast against one another. And the Joker, um, even, even in like, uh, in, in every iteration, including the dark Knight, it's like, you complete me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm the opposite of you. And when you have, um, the Joker without the Batman, you're missing a lot of the goodness of the Joker. You're missing a lot of that character, Yeah, you know? And it also causes me to question, will you have... Jim Gordon in there. Like who's going to stand in the way of the Joker? You know what right. I mean? If it's not Batman. Right. Um, yeah. I so, guess we'll have to just see how they, how they frame it. Right. It, it makes, it just makes me question how are, what's this narrative going to look like? It's not necessarily that Batman like has to motivate Joker to become Joker. That Batman has to, you know, either scare Joker into jumping into a vat of, of toxic uh, waste or, or whatever. It's simply the fact that when the Joker's on the scene, Batman stands in opposition to him and the Joker loves that. And that motivates the Joker to keep moving forward. I I just, I guess I'm interested in seeing what's the purpose of the Joker. Mm -hmm. Who's his antagonist? And And what's um, his goal? And what's like the, yeah, because the main goal of the Joker in, in all of the comics and in even the Dark Knight is to convey to Batman something specific mm-hmm. their their relationship goes hand in hand you know so um, how do you feel about walking phoenix walking phoenix is an amazing actor there's no denying that so i that's probably the reason i am excited for this film you feel like he'll make a great joker definitely definitely um you can tell that there is a sense of artistry going behind yeah um I don't know. What have you thought coming out of like some of the things that we've seen, such as the promo, you know, the screen test, the photos? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really didn't know what to expect. But when we saw that that clip, it mm-hmm. was like, whoa. Like, which, which one specifically, the subway one or the or the screen test? The screen test. Yeah. Where it's like you get your first glimpse of and you're like, what's going on? Like you said, it's kind of artsy. It's like. Yeah. It's creative. I love that he like smiles and then the, the yeah, flashes. Yeah, and you see, you see the... Like the projections of, of mm-hmm. yeah, the clown. And yeah. then and then it cuts to him like in full makeup. Yeah, and, and you're just like, whoa. And his expression. All right. Like, yeah. I can, I can see that. Like, yeah. Like that looks pretty good. Yeah. Pretty scary. The thing is, is I, I am, again, a little disappointed that they're going with like the long dyed hair and the makeup. I, I want a good version of the Joker that is um, more along the lines of, uh, of the pale skin and the green hair and like the, the vat of toxic waste Joker, yeah. you know what I mean? Where, cause, cause we've gotten that a few times and yeah. And now, you know, the idea is that he only wears makeup, but, but um, how, but they are going, they're being a little creative with it. They're changing it up. He looks a lot more like a, like a traditional clown. Yeah. I will say this between his outfit and just that simple screen test that we got, I feel like this Joker is going to channel some of the Mark Hamill emotional Joker that I talked about where Mm -hmm. you can tell that there's a real human there who's just gone insane. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, where, especially cause I know being an origin film with Arthur Fleck, is going to be the name of the of the or at least supposedly that's going to be the name mm. of of the person who turns into the Joker. What happened to Jack? No idea. See, this <laughs> is a, this being an Elseworlds or like a deviation from a main storyline. They're changing up a lot of of that character. Um, supposedly, he's going to be a washed up comedian or a washed up clown. So that falls in line with something like um, the Killing Joke. Um, so I'm interested to see when we talk about performances, when we talk about the Joker and how he's performed by characters or sorry, by actors, I'm interested to see the ways in which he makes it his own. Yeah. Um, I really hope that he doesn't channel Heath Ledger 
um, that he doesn't channel uh, any of the ones that we've that we've covered. That he really provides something new. Uh, if he was to channel anybody, I think Mark Hamill is the one to do it because we haven't seen a Joker like that on screen yet. Yeah. Um, or at least, sorry, uh, in live action form. So with all that to say, it's up to Joaquin Phoenix to make something great, um, to convey something great, and obviously to the directors and writers to tell a great story. Um, I don't know. It's going to be weird. But I, I am, as an artist, as a, as a filmmaker, as a lover of the auteur theory, which we've covered in this podcast before in episode three, I'm excited to see the artistry behind this film because I can tell, like, like a film like Logan, this might be a filmmaker, a, a director's film. Mm-hmm. It might be one that is, you know, very artistically driven as opposed to commercially driven. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Me too. And with that, we are going to close out this episode uh, talking about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and all of the Jokers that have come before him. Um, Like I said, this is a topical episode, and we've been very happy to discuss uh, and enjoy and maybe trash some of these versions of the Joker, uh, reflect upon them, compare and contrast, and so on. So with all of this, I want to remind you guys again that this podcast is brought to you by the Weight of Cinema community, where for just less than a cup of coffee, you can join Weight of Cinema and its community members in conversation and hanging out on the internet in so many grand, awesome benefits that the Weight of Cinema community members uh, share on the Patreon page. Go check out the ways in which you can join the community, participate in what we do, and contribute to building up the weight of cinema, this podcast, the YouTube channel, and so on. Also, just want to plug again, Kaylin's mobile photography, Instagram, and branding course. Um, Where can they find that again, Kaylin? You can find it on my Instagram profile at Kaylin Juliana in the link at the top. Great. We are nearing the end of the year and that means that we are nearing the end of the first year of the Weight of Cinema podcast, and we are looking forward to developing the ways in which we're going to grow this podcast and expand upon what we've done, um, add new elements, and bring in new voices. We're going to be talking about the ways that we're doing that and asking your opinion on the Patreon page. So if you want to invest in uh, building up specifically the podcast contributing to what makes it uh, build and grow for next year, please uh, look into the ways in which you can do that on Patreon. Thank you guys so much for listening and until next time. See you guys.